Hi everyone, I'm Shulpa and this is Chic Lotus Controversial Conversations, where we will hear from people of different backgrounds with different experiences and different perspectives on taboo topics, hoping to create a more accepting and less judgmental world. Let's get it started. Infidelity. This is not an easy topic to discuss, especially publicly. If you guys heard my first podcast, you know, you heard that I cheated as well. So I, when I was going through all of that, I had no one to talk to, no one to bounce ideas off of, no one to get advice from because, you know, I lived with shame and no one was talking about this in my community. So I knew I had to make it a topic for my podcast because I want to normalize this. This is happening even in the brown community, guys, and you guys all know it. (laughs) So we have to bring it to light so we can bring some healing to ourselves, to our marriage, so we don't walk around with shame and guilt, so we can actually heal and have better relationships with others and with ourselves. And so people who have made mistakes don't, you know, live their lives in embarrassment and shame that you can't, you are human, you can make mistakes, we all do. And we can be forgiven and grow from it and heal from it. So today I have Stacy, an infidelity specialist and relationship coach, who is here to give us some advice about marriage and relationships and also share her own story with infidelity and how she was able to change her marriage and heal herself. Here she is. So we have Stacy here today. Can you just kind of start off with your story? Maybe tell us about how long you guys, how long you and your husband have been married, how you guys met. It's interesting how we met. Well, we've been knowing each other since we were about 19. So, and we're 46 now. So we've been known a long time but so he was my husband my first husband's friend and we met that's how we met Mm -hmm. so he got married and I was already married so we was couple friends so we kind of just that that's how we met really and we've been married for about 20 years now wow Um, here in November so when did you start having growing a distance between you and your husband and when were you noticing that you were unhappy or changes in your relationship? I think it's all started after we had kids. Well, I had a son from my first marriage and he was five when we got married, which it didn't, it wasn't a problem. You know, he would go spend time with his dad and stuff and you know, we still have a lot of alone time. And of course the relationship was new. We were newly married. So we was in that honeymoon phase, but I would say after we started having kids, uh, before the affair, we had two daughters and I think life just kind of set in and we put our marriage on the back burner mm-hmm. and we just couldn't agree on a lot of things. So I really felt like I lost my voice in the marriage over time. So we have been married for about eight years, I think, anywhere eight or nine years before the affair had started. So it probably started, I'd say maybe around the nine year mark, but around the eight year mark is when we really, or I really started noticing um, some problems where I didn't have a voice. He made all the decisions. He had some hobbies and I took back place, you know, like, well, backseat and our family took backseat to all 
what he was doing, his work, his hobbies. We just kind of became roommates. You know, we lived together. He would come home, do his thing. I was doing my thing. We never really connected anymore, you know, on an intimate level where we sat down and had, you know, conversation where we valued each other, where we spent time, you know, just hugging or just watching a movie. We just didn't have any of that. All that just got put on the back burner. And I think really started after we had kids because, you know, if you have kids, that takes a lot of your time when you have a baby. And sometimes things just have to, you know, things just have to get pushed aside. But we never picked up any of, you know, day day or anything like that after we never picked it back up. So Mm -hmm. I think that's what happened with me. And I started to become just bitter and I resented him for, you know, neglect and just rejection and all that just built up inside. So did you voice any of that to to him at that time? Or did you even know how to? Well, I would tell him when we would have an argument where I didn't have a voice in our decision making, you know, I'd say something and he, I wanted another baby. So I can give you an example. I wanted another baby and he didn't want one. And that was it. He didn't want one. Mm. Um, and I, I would say, well, we need to talk about this because it's not just your life. It's my life. Maybe we can have a discussion. You know, no, it was just final. No. And I would tell him, you know, I'm not happy about this, but that was it. I was more of the type of person where I was afraid to really confront him and say how I felt like my true feelings, you know, and, and he told me, Every, after everything came out, he said, I wish you would have gotten my attention some kind of way, you know, maybe saying, hey, if you don't change or if you don't stop your behavior and listen to me, then I'm, I'm thinking about leaving, you know, something to have, I should have done to have gotten his attention. But at that time, that's just not who I was. I was more passive aggressive, mm-hmm. just out of fear of his response and just not feeling comfortable saying what I needed to say, you know, standing up for myself in the marriage, which is okay, but we come from a Christian background. So, you know, we were taught that women are supposed to submit to their husbands. And I, I think then we took it to the extreme, you know, submitting was not losing yourself and your feelings and your emotions and not saying, Hey, I I don't like what's going on and I need something to change, you know? Mm -hmm. So we We've learned from that. We've grown. Was the dynamic always that way or did it almost, having kids almost make it worse? I think having kids made it worse. I don't think we were always that way, but you know, in the beginning of a relationship, typically it's just all good things and everything, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's happy and you don't really notice that, you know, you might have some things you don't like about each other and you don't really say, you know, you keep it to yourself or you just overlook it because you're just so in love, you know, you're just like, well, I can deal with those things. But my husband is a very strong man and he's a leader and he's a protector. So when he feels passionate about protecting our family or about leading our family, sometimes he can go overboard to saying, okay, well, then he wants to dominate. And now the way we've done that is I kind of like try to rein him in a little bit and say, Hey, okay, you're stepping over your bounds. And he's like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, um, it wasn't like that before, but again, we've learned how to, you know, work on his, 
which qualities I like in him, but how to help him not go overboard and how to help me be able to speak up when I feel like he may be, you know, overriding me. Mm. So, uh, yeah. That's amazing. Um, so how, how did the affair start? How did, how did that come about? Well, so the guy was in the medical profession. He was in the medical field for our family. So I had been knowing him for a couple of years prior to anything starting. And I really don't know. It's, it seems like one day out of the blue, I just went and he started, you know, I think it could have been when I started going myself because first my daughter's was going and my son, and then I uh, took him on. And that's when our relationship started to grow where he would talk to me on a personal level. And then I would talk to him and it just, it, it started building from flirting you know, to really crossing the line. And at first I kind of resisted it because I was thinking, well, this can't be right. You know, because when you go, you know, to someone in the medical field, you don't really think that they're flirting with you. At least I don't. I just, you know, I'm just like, okay, well, (laughs) you can't really be flirting with me. So I just kind of blew it off. And I was thinking, you know, and I remember leaving and I would think, did that just really happen? You know, and I I kept it at a distance at first because I was like, no, I can't do this. I'm a Christian. I really don't want to do this, but then I kind of like it. He's giving me attention and I'm not getting attention at home and things are getting tired, uh, you know, are getting hard and tired for me. And then we went on family vacation and that's, that was my turning point because that vacation, my husband and my son stayed in the condo. We were at the beach. And me and my daughters, we went down to the beach and we stayed there. We were separate. And I would watch the families, the husbands and the wives and the kids play in the water and stuff. And I was thinking, oh my God, this is going to be, you know, my future is going to be alone because first of all, my husband wasn't there to enjoy the family outing. And then secondly, I realized my children were going to grow up and I wasn't going to have a partner. Because if he couldn't be there with me with, with our kids, then he would not be there with me when they would grow up. And I didn't want to be alone. That's not what I wanted for my life. I couldn't imagine. And, you know, I, I was tired of praying because I felt like I had been praying for so many years for a change. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to have to take this into my own hands because I'm not getting younger mm-hmm. and I'm wasting my life and I'm just not happy. So whenever we got back from vacation, I had an appointment scheduled. And when I went, he had amped up the flirting a bit and I, I gave in. So basically I just kind of revealed that I was, you know, finding him attractive and that I was interested and maybe we could pursue, you know, something a little bit more. So that's when it developed into, well, I'm going to text you, you know, have a good weekend Mm -hmm. um, or how you doing? Let's be friends on Facebook. And then the text just went, you know, then we started texting, then we started phone, you know, calling. And then we start, then we really told each other how we were feeling, you know, where, what was going on that we, it wasn't just a friendship mm-hmm. and then it just escalated from there. Mm-hmm. So as this was happening, were you, was this your escape from what was happening at home or were you hoping to maybe get into another relationship so you could leave your current relationship? What was, what was going on in your mind at that time? 
what um, were your intentions? My intentions, I would say, was to get into another relationship. My mm-hmm. intentions was I wanted a partner, but I was scared. I was really scared in the beginning because I wasn't sure if I wanted to make that jump. So I put my intentions in the back of my mind and I used the relationship as a way of escape. I said, you know what? I'm just going to take it for what it is right now. And I'm going to enjoy this time that somebody else is making me feel special, that somebody else wants me. But you know, in, when you're in an affair, don't just stop there because it's, it seems like it's such a fast growing relationship that even though you go in thinking you're going to keep things on a certain level, it, it doesn't stay there. So, you know, eventually he would mention, well, marriage, and then he would mention, well, how long can you wait for me? And, you know, then he would like, well, do you want to spend, you know, a life together? I want to, and this is how I can, you know, work you in, into my business where, um, you know, the staff will be okay. And, you know, my, my family's going to be okay with this because they know how much I love you and stuff. So it did escalate into that. And I just, I think I just went with it. As it got stronger and stronger, my escape became, hey, let's really escape what we're both dealing with from both of our families. And let's escape not just into this, you know, bubble where we meet for a few hours at a hotel. Let's really escape and leave these people and get together, you know. So your minimal escape of, hey, I'm going to enjoy you for a few hours a week becomes, yeah. no, let's just do this. Yeah. Um, so that, that's kind of how it went. Yeah. So he was married as well? Yes. <laughs> Within all of this, were there like, was there like jealousy coming up for both of you, you know, both being married? Was it also causing a rift between you two? And um, No, up? there was jealousy. He didn't particularly like when my husband and I would go do family things because somewhere in between when the affair started and probably around the middle, it's like my husband had an epiphany and he came to me and he said, I'm really afraid. Um, He said, God has like filled my heart with love for you. And now I'm scared I'm going to lose you for some reason. He said, our marriage is falling apart. And it's been falling apart. And I have played a huge part in this and I've neglected you. And he, he was just really a basket case. But in my mind, I felt like it was too late, you know, because I would say, why didn't you do this? You know, Mm. months ago, where were you months ago? So he picked up, hey, let's start doing family things to try to make up for the time that he had messed up and we wasn't as a family. So those outings would definitely cause some jealousy from my affair partner because he didn't like them because he felt if he's doing what I'm doing, then are you going to stay with me, basically? Mm. And, you know, vice versa. Yeah. Did you guys relate to the marital issues you were both having? I felt like when I was having my affair, that that was one of the things that really bonded us was the marital issues both of us were having. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That does bond you. It's, yeah. it's trauma bonding. You know, you're both yes. upset. You're both upset. He... He was having trouble because he felt neglected. He felt like he lost a partner. You know, they had went through some uh, terrible things in their marriage. 
and she had withdrew and stopped going do things with him and he was lonely and he said i'm tired of this i'm tired of going do the things that i like to do alone you know i want a partner and i was saying the same thing and it just it just made us grow closer because we wanted the same things where we felt like our spouses were no longer on the same page with us they had just checked out of the marriage you know so definitely yeah were you do you believe you were showing any signs like maybe dropping any hints were you or were you just super careful like you got really good at this or <laughs> i got really good in the beginning i i got really good but i slipped up because i saved some pictures of him on my phone we were never the couple to check each other's phones or anything like that I, I guess I felt safe doing it, but I also would normally delete text messages or send them. I would send them actually to a private email mm-hmm. and I would usually send pictures to a private email, but for some reason I didn't. And my husband needed my phone because he had left his somewheres and he was just, Hey, can I look at your phone? I need to check some, like, um, check Google something or whatever. And oh, shit. That's <laughs> I did it because I think all the blood drained from my face and I turned pale as a ghost. And I was like, no. And, you know, looking back, if I'd have just let him, he would have went on Google and handed me my phone back. Yeah. Not even thought anything. No, but because I got so paranoid, it, that's what happened. That's what started it. So, and I never did give him my phone that day, but that, (laughs) that opened up everything (laughs) how did your well how long did the affair last and how did your husband find out the affair lasted almost a year and he found out actually when he i wouldn't give him my phone he went on our phone records and (laughs) we had sex so much it you know when he tells me the number today i'm just like don't tell me the number because that sounds like an obsession i can't even bear to hear the number of texts anymore because I'm just like, what is wrong with two people? And, you know, he has his own business and he's supposed to be working. I'm like, something's wrong right there. But he's like, who is this number? And I'm like, dang, I'm caught. You know, I just knew I was busted, you know, and I lied. I said it was somebody I had met somewhere at the mall or something. And he wasn't convinced of that story. So he found out who the number was for and he just flipped because he was like, wait a minute, this is our you know Mm -hmm. and he's he's thinking you have got to be kidding me and he's and then everything you know is starting to come back to him he's like well you were always going over there and i thought it was for this and it really was and he just put two and two together and that's how it came out so yeah yeah how did you deal with when you got caught i was mad yeah you're mad i was mad i was mad at him I, i didn't care i that's what's so funny people think okay well you figure when the woman or the man whoever it is gets caught they're gonna be like oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry you know please forgive me and some of them might but if you have resentment and bitterness and so much anger built up in your heart you're gonna be like yep i'm caught and Mm -hmm. yep i'm doing it because Mm -hmm. you know why you were you rejected me for so long so guess what that's what you get Mm -hmm. So that was my attitude. My attitude was, this is your punishment for rejecting me. Mm. So I was just furious. I was like, yep, I'm coming up there. And and he was, he was like, okay, you need to end it or our relationship going to be over. So I was like, 
So I thought about it and I thought about our kids and I said, okay, I'm going to end it. So I tried to end it, but my fair partner at the time, he was like, no, let's not end it. Let's, let's do something. We can, you know, we can get more conservative. We can hide more. It'll be fine. That's what I did. We, I, I told my husband, I ended it. I stay with my fair partner for a little bit longer. You know, we went undercover a little bit more. I started therapy, you know, with my husband, you know, eventually I told my husband, I said, we have to separate for a little while because I don't know what I want and I need to figure it out. Mm. So that's how that, you know, that's how, yeah. to that point, that's where it was. Do you think you guys, you and your affair partner were still going kind of strong for a year because you both were too scared to leave the, your relationships you were both in? Um, well, I don't think he was afraid to leave. I think he had a plan. He was business oriented and he was buying another practice and he was, you know, he was telling me, okay, look, I need to get this done before I get a divorce. I need you to wait for me. You know, he was like, I will come for you if something happens when this is, you know, when I finish my divorce and everything. And, you know, of course, I, I believed him to an extent, but in the back of my mind, I thought, no, I really don't believe you of this. But I did schedule an appointment to see an attorney, you know, because I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get the ball rolling and get this divorce going. And I don't think he was afraid to leave because he eventually did leave his wife and divorce her. So I don't think he was afraid to leave. I, on the other hand, might have been more afraid than he was. He was just too goal oriented to do it right at that time. Mm -hmm. And for you, it was mainly because of the children at that time that you were too afraid? Um, no, not really, because while we were in the relationship, there were some red flags. There were some things I didn't like. He wasn't a Christian. It's not, you know, you can have people that are not believers and still, they don't mind if you say, hey, can I pray for you? Or do you need prayer? You know, because most people are like, yeah, yeah, sure, pray for me. But him, uh, he was angry with God, so there was no God for him. Mm. Um, it was nothing that was inside of me would have ever been able to be expressed, you know, no church, no praise God, or let me pray for you, or God's going to take care. None of that, you know, that weighed on me because I was thinking, I don't know if I can spend the rest of my life like this because I've been a Christian for so long. And I don't know that I want to walk away from all of that. And then the main thing was when I set up my appointment for, to get a divorce or to talk to the divorce attorney, I didn't think that I loved my husband anymore. I was like, I, I just don't love him anymore. I don't feel that in love with him, you know? And I had a dream that something had happened to him and he died. And I woke up that morning and I was just in, I guess in pieces, crying. I called my friend and I told her, I said, I think I still have feelings for my husband. I don't know if I should go through with this divorce because what if I really still do love my husband and I'm just angry with him. And then we get a divorce and he moves on and I have so much regret. I said, I'm just really confused and torn right now. And I, I can't decide, I can't decide exactly which way I need to go. So I just had to step back. So I canceled the, um, my appointment with my attorney and I just kind of stepped back from both situations for a little bit so I could get some clarity because I'm not one that likes to live in regret. Mm -hmm. I just hate regret. So, so was that what was happening when you asked um, to separate for a little while? No, 
actually that was after we had separated. So we did an in-home separation because he really didn't have anywhere to go. So he moved into another bedroom and I stayed in ours and we just, you know, I came and went as I wanted and uh, the affair was still going on. And during the separation was when I set up the appointment mm. attorney. So. Okay. And then what happened to, I know you said you had that dream um, and you were having the regret. So is that when you decided to cut it off? You had separation from both of them, or and then when did you decide to go back to your husband? Or well, so I told my airport I want to take a break, and he was like, "Okay, let's take a break." You know, things are getting really intense. We decided to take a little break, and then that lasted two days, and then we started talking again. But we did have some heat because my son had actually sent him a message telling him to stay away from me. So we was having a little bit heat come to our relationship, and then. After that, um, our relationship was found out in my small town, mm. and he works also in my small town. So things started to spread like wildfire. So with the break came, it was we were trying to just kind of you know hide and push things aside. But that really just lasted a couple of days, and the longer it went, the more I knew I just could not stay in this. It was hard because I didn't want to give him up. He had became my best friend. I didn't really feel like that, you know, about anyone that I could ever remember. Or so I told myself that, you know, because I really believe we feel, you know, when we falling in love, we forget what that feels like. Mm -hmm. But you know, we just had been through so much in such a short period of time. It was really hard to walk away, but I knew I had to. You know, I just, I felt like I kept hearing the Lord say, look, if you just come back home, then all will be well. I will make all of this better and I will fix your marriage. And that just kept going over and over in my head. And it just got to the point where I just couldn't ignore it. I was scared because I didn't know if my husband would reject me again. I would rather stay with, you know, this guy who... I definitely couldn't really trust and he couldn't trust me, but at least I knew he was into me for now. You know, that's when I just decided, okay, I'm just going to walk away from my affair partner and just end it. Yeah. With your kids and community finding out, what, what did you have to deal with at that time? Well, my, uh, my son was 15, so he was angry and he moved in with his grandparents for a little while. Our community, uh, well, yeah, I had a lot of judgment and some rejection stairs and we go to the store. They knew who I was. People who had once talked to me wouldn't talk to me. If they worked in his office, they wouldn't speak to me anymore. They would, you know, just wow. like cut me ugly eyes and stuff. Um, our daughters didn't find out. So I think our daughters found out about three years ago. They responded really well because they see it from a different perspective. They see it from, oh my God, look how much our mother has grown in the last few years from this, mm -hmm. which is good because it could go the other way. They could have been mad and angry. They really came through and surprised me on that. But it, you know, it's still something that is in our past, but I'm hoping to change that where mm -hmm. they can see, okay, here's a mistake. But let, I want you to see what can happen, how you can grow from the mistake, how you don't have to stay labeled a, a, a adulterous woman, unfaithful yeah. woman, the other yeah. woman. You know, Absolutely. You can rise above the labels that society puts on you. So that's, that's my main takeaway for them is what I want them to see. And it doesn't have to be just adultery. You know, 
it could be, you know, that you can rise above whatever mistake you make. Mm -hmm. You don't have to stay limited to that for the rest of your life. Yeah. Your past doesn't define you. No, you can grow from it. Yeah. So once you decided to actually give your marriage a shot and let go of your affair partner, what, what were some of the first steps to reconnecting and changing your marriage? Well, we had to, we knew we had to implement some kind of priority time for our marriage because we had to let go of the old marriage and really had to re rebuild a new one. I really don't like to say we restored it because I don't want to restore the way it was. I want something new. And so did he. So we had to start from scratch. We had to go back to the beginning and we started a date day where we would go twice a month. We spend the whole day in town together. We eat and shop and just do whatever we wanted to do. And we would spend time getting to know each other again. We wouldn't spend time talking about the affair because that was our time. And sometimes if you spend a lot of time talking about the affair, it can just overwhelm you and it can make things so much worse. So it's really, it really gets to a point where you have to separate the two. And then we would spend time where we'd have a set time and we'd talk about the affair, but not just about what I did. We wanted to get deeper and to find out what happened in the marriage. What were you thinking? What was I thinking? It's just about listening to each other. We took judgment out and we just, we went for loving each other. Let's not judge each other. Let's just listen with an open heart and an open mind to find out what was really going on. So we had to take those steps. We had to listen. We had to value each other. We had to set up trust, boundaries for trust. There was things that he didn't like that made him really afraid and made him, you know, feel unsafe. So he made a list of some things that would, if I would follow, it would help him feel safer. And it's for in the beginning. You know, and then I did the same thing, you know, because I didn't trust him either. I'm like, what if he stops paying attention to me again? Then I'm going to be alone. And, you know, so we follow these things. It grows from there because first you start building those outer boundaries where no passwords on your phone. I need to check your emails and stuff. But it didn't just stop there because I started working on me. You know, it's not just about following rules. I need to find out why I did this because, Mm -hmm. you know, I have moral values and a lot of people have their core values and most people think it's not right to do that. So you have to find out why you did this, you know, why you crossed that boundary line and said, well, I'm just going to throw caution to the wind and go out with, you know, cheat on my husband. Mm -hmm. So when I started growing and started changing, he started feeling better because it would make him realize this is an area she wants to correct and I don't think she's going to do this again. So we just kind of, we grew together. How long do you think it took to get to that point? And were you guys seeing a therapist at this time? No, we saw a therapist. She was pretty good, but we saw her for about three months, I think. And then after that, we were on our own. Mm -hmm. It was just me and him and God and the Bible basically, because I didn't know about affair groups or anything like that. I remember getting one book from Beth Moore, and I think it was uh, when godly people do ungodly things, and that was it. So it took us a while. I think if we'd have had some help, a little bit more help on infidelity, that it probably wouldn't have took us as long. But I would say about 
two years, he started really feeling like he could trust me again. Mm -hmm. um, and I could see that he was letting his guard down after about two years. He wouldn't check my phone. He, he got tired of that. He said, I don't want to be, I don't want to be attached to your phone and I don't want to live like that, you know? So it, it took about two years, but I would say six years and mm -hmm. We looked at each other and we said, I think we out of this. I think we out of this lane there. And I told him, I said, I think you're right. Cause you know, the bad days wasn't coming anymore. The mm -hmm. hard days, you know, um, the fighting wasn't coming. We just kind of settled in. We started knowing each other. We started knowing what our marriage needed and we just started going from there and we paid attention. We found out what our weak spots were in our marriage that can make us vulnerable to infidelity. So we started guarding those and really being aware. And we, we still do that today. We just kind of hover, you know, just make sure everything's good mm -hmm. and, you know, in place. What were, what were some of those weak spots? Was it, and you know, with you finding, you know, going on your own journey to figure out more about yourself, what were some things you learned? Well, for me, I learned I was a runner. If things would get hard, I was running and I was passive aggressive. Yeah, I just... <laughs> I would, it was easier in my mind to run to someone else. And, you know, looking back, I think, yeah. how is that easier? But, yeah. you know, just because I couldn't face, I couldn't face and process the negative emotions that comes with hard times, you know, so I learned that about myself. I learned that my concept of love was not even correct. I thought once you don't feel that in love feeling anymore, that that's it. And that's not true. You know, so yeah. I learned that and I learned how to find my voice, how to yeah. stand up for myself and it, you know, it'd be okay. So that was my vulnerable areas. And his was, he's, he tends to be on the workaholic side and, you know, I have to bring him down. Hey, let's have some fun, you know, let's mm -hmm. play, have fun. Um, and he can get very distracted in projects and, you know, not focus on what's going on. So that's kind of like his weak spots. And like I said, he's definitely a leader. So I have, to, you know, we have to really sit down and have discussions when it comes to major decisions, because he wants, you know, to leave, which is fine. I don't mind. But you know, I still want my opinion in there. I want to be heard. And normally, he we work together. So whereas before, he would just make the decision. Now we make it together. Now he says, if you don't feel right about this, then I'm not doing it. So mm -hmm. if both of us have to have peace about something before we move on. And that's basically how we just keep guard. And every couple is different. Every couple is going to have, you know, some different weak spots. Mm -hmm. Do you see yourself um, or both of you kind of falling in and out of love? Like it's like this up and down or, it, or since what has happened that you are actually have been pretty steady been able to keep up with each other and you know communicate is the communication what's really helping you to stay uh, connected and stay in love or have those feelings of love no um we have learned how even though you've been married for a long time and you enter into that stage of love where you feel secure you can still feel those exciting feelings those love i just love you so much you know mm -hmm. like i'm excited for you we do that by communication. We keep communication going and we keep our marriage a priority. We make sure we spend quality time together. 
you know, intimacy, just the two of us, even if it's just 15, 20 minutes a day, especially with quarantine and everything, we haven't mm-hmm. been able to get out. We still make time. And that that's exciting. It keeps it it keeps it exciting, you know, because you look forward to spending time with your, your friend, you could say your best friend. So we've learned how to maintain those feelings of love. And I also, with, the, with that, I've learned how you can stop those feelings of love. So basically, as an example, if my husband would do something that would aggravate me. I found myself talking to myself, like running this narrative in my head saying, you are so aggravating. Mm. Um, I do not like you right now. I don't even know if I like you. Why are you doing that? I don't like the way you do that. So I was just like going over and over these things in my head. And one day I was doing that because he had angered me. And I remember thinking, Oh my God, my heart is starting to feel anger towards him. Like I'm like, I could feel the love start to drip out of me. If you know, that's a good way to describe it. And I was thinking, I wonder if these words that I'm telling myself is causing me to put a guard around my heart and not feel love for him sort of as a protection mechanism or Mm -hmm. something like that. So I've had to learn not to do that. Don't do that. You know, yes, we aggravate each other. Um, you know, we all do things wrong. He will never be perfect. I won't either. I will hurt his feelings. He will hurt mine. But we believe what we tell ourselves. So if I tell myself that he is a terrible husband, that he doesn't pick up after himself, that he's, you know, he can't do anything right, I will begin to see him like that. And my feelings for him will change, you know, because our thoughts are going to create our emotions. So I really had to get a grip on that. And I can tell you that has made such a big difference in how I feel about my husband and how I maintain that steady pace of, I just love you. Mm. It's by changing the narrative that I tell myself, you know, when we fight. Yeah, that's amazing. I think it's important, actually, the self-talk, the narrative that we have with anything in life, because you're right. Yes. We will believe anything we tell ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that we keep repeating. (laughs) How would you describe, maybe in one word or a few words, your marriage before the infidelity and the marriage after? Um, Before, it was empty. It was empty, it was cold, uh, distant. Now it's fulfilling and it's just warm. I feel like he's, I don't know, it's just, it feels safe. Like our marriage feels safe and he is the first person I run to now when things get bad. I don't always feel like, oh my God, I gotta get out of here. It's like, no, I just, I run to him and we, you know, work through things together. So it has changed immensely and uh, that's what I try to tell people and it's hard to see that when you're in it when you're in the beginning and finding out about an affair and thinking I don't know how this is gonna work you know and I'm on the other end going hey you can do it yeah you did it. look I can't believe we did it and you know especially for me because I worked with a lot of women who are in an affair or coming out and they just they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, because they're so much in love with their affair partner, they can't even imagine loving their husband like that again. So I try to tell them, look, it's possible. I'm telling you, I did it. Y'all have no idea how 
wrapped up I was with my affair partner and how bad it was when it ended for me. I had, I had panic attacks. It was bad. I had, I pretty much think I had a nervous breakdown. Yeah. So did you pretty much when you, that day that you decided, okay, we're going to be done. Was that pretty much the last day that you had spoken to him? Well, I didn't really have a day planned that I was going to end it. It just Mm kind of, we got on the phone and he told me that he didn't know how to feel about his wife anymore. And when he said that, you know, because he was like, "I, I don't feel anything towards her anymore. It's just numb now, you know, since you've came into my life. And when he said that, I became really upset because the reality of me being the reason his family was really going to break apart hit me. So from that conversation, I just, and actually I didn't really end it. I never told him I wasn't going to call him. I just didn't, I just never replied the way we normally would reply at night. And then a couple of days later, my husband called him and had the big powwow. So it just kind of, yeah, it was silent for a while. I was gonna say, how did that go? Was it a lot um, of anger, or more out of like, hey, we're trying to work on our marriage? Yeah, he, yeah, he was mad. Um, I don't he, blame him. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. He was just like, Look, I need you to get out of my mm-hmm. wife's life. You know, I need you. We want to work on our family, and I need you to out and don't call her. Don't don't come around here. Yeah, um, yeah. It pretty much wasn't. It wasn't pretty, but that's the, you know, basics of what he said. Just yeah. don't come out here. Yeah. Okay. Take out inf- infidelity because I'm going to ask you both questions. But what advice would you give to maybe newly married couples or couples that are kind of struggling? Yeah. What advice would you give them to maybe reconnect and maybe find that love again? The advice I would give them would be prioritize each other. Never stop prioritizing each other. I don't care if it's 10 minutes. I don't care if you have to take a bath and one has to sit in there with you. And that's the only time you can sit and talk and communicate and get, I love you. I miss you. Life is hard for me right now. Or life is going great. Prioritize your marriage and talk to each other. And my biggest advice would be if you get into an argument, a disagreement. Do not walk away without having peace about what happened. This was a life changer for us and our therapist shared it with us and we have implemented it since, uh, it's been eight years now since then and it works amazing. So if you are fighting with your husband and you know, sometimes as women, we might, you might be able to relate you know, mm-hmm. you're fighting and he's like, baby, I love you. I'm sorry. And you're like, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> all right. He's like, you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I, def- I definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> you're not really fine. You yeah. know, you're mad or at least I am. I'm really mad. So don't do that, you know, because that again is going to build resentment and you're going to go to bed and he's going to think you're okay. You're not going to be okay. But eventually it's going to come a point where you're going to forget why you're not okay. And then you're going to blow up on him for for something small. And neither one of you are going to know where all this anger and pain is coming from. But it's just pain that's been pushed down. It's just resentment from a previous argument that Mm y'all did not settle. Walk away when you both have peace. When you in your heart can say, okay, I really forgive you. Even if you, you know, even if you're hurt. 
if you're hurt, that takes a little while to get over, but keep your heart open and don't have that negative self-talk about your husband and come to a decision. That is my biggest, my biggest advice under prioritizing your marriage because arguments and even little ones can tear down a relationship in, you know, a moment's time. Yeah. I love that, you know, you have been an example of infidelity doesn't have to mean divorce. It wasn't my situation, but I, I think it's beautiful that you you show that it, it can change your marriage completely, maybe even bring you closer like it did for you. And you also learned so much about yourself, about your partner. Your partner learned so much about himself, you know, your husband. Um, I think it's incredible that, and because of what you went through, you're doing, you're doing work to help other, other women. And that's incredible. Especially with, with something that, you know, not a lot of, a lot of people are afraid of saying out loud. Yeah. How did you start putting it out there and being like, Hey, I'm going to offer these services or I'm, I have a calling for this. It, wa it wasn't easy at first. I'm not going to lie. I had to ponder on it for a little bit because I was like, man, I really want to help these women. I got to the point where my passion to help them not feel the pain or to just let them know that they were not alone overcame any fear of whoever found out or you know, my fear of saying, I'm going to talk about this taboo situation and I'm going to try to, you know, let these women know that they're, they're going to be better than this and their marriage can be better than this. That just overrid any fear I had. And a lady, uh, she had contact. I had had a website. It's different than what I have now, but I had had another website and I had mentioned a couple of things on that one about infidelity. And I had a lady email me and she just kind of changed it for me because my heart broke for her. I heard myself in her story mm. and, you know, I just wanted to her to know she wasn't alone and I would help her. I would do whatever I could to help her feel better. So that's kind of where it started. And I said, you know, I probably need to get, you know, to go to school, become a coach because I don't feel like I have the skills maybe to take my knowledge and help them apply it to their life. So I did that. I went to school. I finished uh, coaching. So I'm a life coach, a solutions focused coach and a relationship coach. But I basically just focus on the relationship as an infidelity mm -hmm. specialist because mm -hmm. I think that's just needed. And then one day I just was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start this Facebook group and we're going to, we're going we're gonna to go there and we're going to see where it goes and see what happens. And it, it just kind of went from there. Were they coming to you at first, like friends or something because they heard your story? Oh, none of my group wanted to talk about it. Even, mm -hmm. even today, if I mention it to people, they, okay, they, that's it. I just can't hang out with you. You know, I still uh, get backlash from it because wow. I do, you know, and I, I'm, I'm just like, well, okay. You know, it says more about you than it says about me. I still have to help these ladies. Somebody has to do it. Absolutely. You know, somebody has to pull these women up because if you don't, they could stay under that label forever. And it's so heartbreaking to think of the purpose that they could miss out because mm -hmm. somebody labeled them the unfaithful woman and they think that's who they're going to be forever, you know, and that uh, yeah. you can't stay there. You just can't. And I mean, they have unique needs and 
you know, going through withdrawal or just coming out of an affair, all of the, the grief, the, you know, the shame and just, I need closure. That statement is just a common thread, you know, in women. And a lot of people don't know how to address that and how to help them walk through those things because they don't want, they don't want to hear about that. You're the one that cheated. Why do you need help? You know, it's kind of, mm. that's kind of the judgment that they get. So they mm. don't know what to do. Yeah. And they suffer in silence. What do you think is almost, is the determining factor for whether you can heal the marriage or it just falls apart? The determining factor has to be both people have to commit and want to be open to recovery because if they are not willing to go through the process and understand upfront that it's going to be a process and forgive each other, it's not going to work. It takes two people and it takes work. So, you know, I could say, Hey, here, take my course and I'm going to give you all the information and I'm going to, you know, help walk you through this. And if they say, well, I can't forgive him, or one of them says, I can't forgive, and they won't apply anything, it will never, it will never work. Mm -hmm. They have to commit to the process, you know, and, and you have to have some point where you forgive. Mm -hmm. Soon after finding out about a divorce or a divorce coming about, um, what advice would you give to a couple that wants a divorce? Oh, no, that just came, um, that just had found out about like the, sorry, not divorce, about an affair. Oh, okay. Yeah. Take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. Take a deep breath. The world is not over. There is light at the end of the tunnel and it doesn't have to end in divorce. I don't care what society says. I don't care what your best friend says. I don't care about what uh, the statistics say. It doesn't have to end in divorce. Don't make any decisions regarding your marriage in the beginning because your emotions are too high and you're going to make it on based on how you feel in the moment. Give yourself time to calm down before you make any decisions. Just take it one day, one hour, one minute at a time if you have to. But the main thing is not to make any decisions in the beginning, you know, within that first month, just just calm, you know, just be calm. It, it's hard to be calm, but it's necessary. Mm -hmm. It's necessary to let your emotions settle to a point where you can at least think a little bit clearer. Mm -hmm. You Because know, sometimes people will say, oh my God, you cheated on me, get out. You know, and they might tell them to get out. Yeah. And you can tell them to get out. But when they're out, put in your mind, do I want a divorce really? Or am I just angry with the spouse who cheated on me? Do I still love them? Can I get past this? Let me give myself some time to work through this, you know, these questions and stuff. Even if the, you know, the other, the unfaithful is not home with them, give yourself some time to work through it. And even for the unfaithful spouse, you know, don't give up on your spouse yet either, you know, because mm -hmm. somebody came along and they're saying all the right things and doing everything that you need them to do. When in fact, you only see in just a little piece of the puzzle, and you're trading one set of problems for another set of problems, and you might not like your new set. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's keep focused, and you calm down too, and you know, take a break, and give yourself time for your brain to heal and come off of that high. You know, so mm -hmm. any regrets on how things kind of played out, or 
infidelity in the first place? Yeah, I wish I would have, you know, just went to a different person Mm -hmm. for medical needs. You know, I can't go back and change that, but I do wish I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have crossed the line. Nobody wants that. Although I'm at a place where it's hard for me to really say that I hate my past because if it wouldn't be for my past, I wouldn't be here today. And I never was a person who really liked who I was, just maybe for childhood reasons, not having a dad. And I didn't like what I had done. But now I just, I just like me a whole lot more because I've, I've learned so much about myself and grown. So would I have done that, you know, without, I don't know. And I guess, you know, for me, the thing is the verse that comes to my head is God works everything out for your good. So my whole faith-based idea of God completely changed with that as well. I saw him as judgmental and not having any mercy and just waiting to strike me with lightning, you know, because I was such a big sinner. And I didn't get that. I got love and him. Forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just, just covered. Like he just covered me. So it's so hard. You know, it's like I have regret on one hand a little bit, but then on the other hand, it's, like I'm so thankful for where I am today. Yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to go back and say, "Well, if I would have did, if I wouldn't have said, you're cute too." <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, you know. Even in my situation, I feel the same way. Of course, I'm not necessarily really proud of that person I was, or but at that time, she was doing the best that she could, and with the knowledge that she had. And I'm like you, you know, I grew up not liking myself and this experience had to really have, had to happen for me to take a deeper look at who I am, who I wanted to be, who I set out to be. And it really started this huge like, spiritual journey for me. And it's been the biggest blessing of my life. And I'm, I feel I'm closer to God now than I actually was before. So yeah, so I'm actually super grateful for it. I know it, it hurt people, but honestly, I, I think it was just a part of my journey to be where I am today and to connect with people like you and share our stories to help other people who are also struggling. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. I like uh, hearing that. That's, that's awesome. Your story, that's very encouraging too. Thank you, Stacey. I am beyond grateful for you sharing your story, spending time with me, and really you're you're gonna help so many people and i'm so happy that you're willing to talk about this taboo topic that honestly so many people are struggling with so many people it's mind-blowing but people are suffering in silence because they are shamed or they feel guilty so i'm so grateful for the work that you're doing i'm gonna I'll put everything in the description. This is Shilpa on Sheep Lotus Controversial Conversations. People who are struggling, people who want to heal, people who really want to work through their marriage, they need to reach out to you. So, yeah, I'm so excited. You have a program um, coming up, right, that that you're coming out with? Well, I actually have two. I have one for the, um, the unfaithful woman who needs to break free from her affair and the affair partner. Um, and that one takes her through the process of detox and the withdrawals and it will teach her 
what roadblocks will come up once the affair ends and how to get through those, how to get closure. We talk about triggers, you know, because triggers is a big deal in affair recovery. I don't know if you had them, but yes, mm-hmm. um, both parties have those. So we have to go through triggers. Well, it's a five-week program that they will be in and it's a bonus module that I have in the program because um, actually it's going to be a stepping stone to the other program that's to help them become who they want to be. Um, awesome. I love that. But, you know, you have to heal first. Yes, you to, yes. You have to heal yes. from this affair before you can really start saying, hey, look, who do I want to be from this? I want to grow, you know. So we have that. And then I, I do work with couples um, one-on-one now but I'm trying to get a program together that they'll have, you know, more like videos and some Mm -hmm. worksheets and stuff, because right now it's just one-on-one, like in a coaching session. I do give them homework, but feel like they might need, you know, maybe some videos. So that program won't be out until the winter, probably. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stacey. I really, really appreciate this. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.